Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. You are listening to Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Time to get embarrassed with us. I'm Alon. I'm Jimmy. And this is Lost and Rewound every Thursday from 3 to 4 on Radio Free Brooklyn. Indeed. Uh, we're missing one member of our crew today. Out sick, but we wish her a speedy recovery. Uh, in the meantime, we invite you all to go check out our page on Radio Free Brooklyn, radiofreebrooklyn.org slash L-A-R. And you could be a sponsor for the show. It's $1, $5, $10, $20, I think is what the... How many dollars is tree dollar? Tree dollars? It's a a question. Uh, uh, Well, a tree full of dollars. It would depend on how much you have on the money tree. Money trees. Yo, Kendrick has something to say about that. And if you want to contribute to the entire organization of Radio Free Brooklyn as a whole, we are a non-for-profit that will happily accept all your... Kind contributions. They are tax deductible, and you can go to radiofreebrooklyn.org slash pledge. Pledge a dollar. Pledge $500 if you want to. And mom, I swear to God, if you do that, then this entire studio will be named after you. I'm just saying. I'm just throwing $500 gets gets a nameplate? How, that's, how that's many months have I been saying this? Yeah, this of course. The, all right. Fair enough. Well, again, uh, we are not throwing you commercials even though i sound like i'm pitching something all the time <laughs> so again you can go that's again lost and rewound you can support us at radiofreebrooklyn.org slash lar or at radiofreebrooklyn.org slash pledge and if you want to contribute any of your old audio that would be lost and rewound at radiofreebrooklyn.org email us your pitches <laughs> pitch us your emails <laughs> email us your pitches that was, it sounded almost like you were insulting people, but it was nope. just uh figure of speech. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got no time to delay, so why don't we get started with this week's audition and see what we've uncovered. Yes. Right on. guest today is a good friend of mine hailing from napa california again she's been playing music now for over a decade and she's playing all over the city mostly now again i met her through uh the set nyc but she's a fantastic songstress give it up for miss rowan welcome to the show rowan thank you jimmy short for uh what, what is your first name Allison. <laughs> and when did you... He just pried that out of you. I, I pri- um, hey, it's all good, I would hope. She's uh, anti-first name. Your anti-first name. No, the, the you might hers. be the very first person that we've had on our show who, with a pseudonym, has taken away the first name and adopted the last name instead. What made you do that? 
Um, Rowan looks better in capital letters. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I think it's cool. I knew a kid named Rowan when I was a kid. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah, he was all right. <laughs> no, I, I knew he Rowan. De- he, he was a decent dude. One of my favorite uh, comedians of all time is the first name Rowan, but not the last name Rowan. He was one of those guys where, like, if you had like a gang of guys around, like he'd be standing there. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> but you have siblings, and they did not uh, do the same thing as you did. Um, no, I have a little brother who took on his middle name rather than his first name. What? His name is Patrick Riley, and he goes by just Riley. That's huh. okay. So he tried to switch it back for a little <laughs> while, but people were like, "No, nope. it <laughs> doesn't really work out." <laughs> okay, so let me get this straight: you have an older sister, right, and a I young do. and a younger brother. Yes. So you're the middle child, mm-hmm. and the three Rowan kids all adopted for their pseudonym, more or less, one part of their name. Well, I actually have two older sisters, but they oh, both wow. go by just like their their first yeah. names. The classic. It's just uh-huh. me and my younger brother. And you just decided, you're like, one one of you is going to take the last name, one of you is take the middle name, well, and, you know. and, and our older siblings could take the first name. <laughs> yeah. If you, were like, if you were like in the military, just be normal. You'd be just yeah. like every other person. Yeah. I mentioned it, I feel like, earlier on the show at one point, but when I was in college... Nobody called me Jimmy in college. Nobody. Everybody called me Hoff. <laughs> oh, hey, Hoff. Oh, it's Hoff. You know, Hoff. It was weird, but I, I just went with it. I don't know. Hey, they say guy comes over here. He's got a nickname. No, he's Hoff. <laughs> right on, Hoffy. It's, you know, I don't know why, but it, it makes it more fun, I feel like. I got a shitty nickname in sixth grade. It was just Lonnie. <laughs> Lonnie. <I'm sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, I'm gonna call you Lonnie like from now on. It's rap. Oh, You're officially just Lonnie, that's it. Or, or the on, or uh, from when they, I. They did call you the on? Yeah, my, my buddies out in Fat Beats when we that or was around <laughs> in the West Village, was I was called the on. And then, of course, we got E3. Yeah, E3. And then. Um, Lonnie, dude. My, <laughs> my old username when I first started uh, doing uh, all the like AOL Instant Messenger and stuff, Eclectic. But like E Clectic. <laughs> Dude, you should be glad that no one ever called you Zigger. I think I'm very happy about that, yes. <laughs> like, that would be a bad one. And uh, you could have been like Danzig. You could have just gone by that, too. Yeah. That would be kind of cool. Uh, Rowan, was there a uh, specific reason, other than creative, artistic license, etc., that you decided on choosing the last name? Did, like, your friends call you Rowan, and then that's why you stuck with it? Yeah, I have a couple of friends who I've, like, done music with throughout the course of doing music who just called me Rowan. It just kind of stuck after a while. Are your parents involved in, were involved in music at any one point, or are they the entire opposite? Um, I think my dad likes to pretend like he can play the guitar sometimes, but uh, <laughs> I think he only knows rock. like one song or something like yeah. that. He's really great at the air guitar, though. Awesome. He like used to get up on the coffee table while he was cleaning and totally just like rock out to he, Guns and Roses. Does he tuck his That's shirt in or is, cool. it, is his he, shirt tucked he out? Does, he does tuck his shirt in. Uh, <laughs> dad's my dad totally tucks his shirt too. Well, you have to be really careful because the if you leave your shirt untucked, it'll get stuck on the air guitar. <laughs> Dude, if you leave it untucked, then your gut will just spill. <laughs> I've done air guitar before, and it's so much fun, so I give him props. So your father was doing that, and any of your siblings, I guess, were they involved in music as well, or were you, that's, that was your thing? 
I think that my older sister Ashley also plays the clarinet, um, but that's really it. It's kind of just me doing this. Pretty creative family. You grew up in California, so everybody kind of was fostered with a... <laughs> no. No? <laughs> Not at all. Um, yeah, I mean, some of my, my, like, my mom is kind of artistic in the sense that she's, like, pretty great at drawing doodles and stuff, and so is my older sister Jacqueline, but no one's really involved in music the way that I am. You grew up in uh, Napa Valley, California, mm-hmm. and did you just, like, when you got to college, that's when you left origi- uh, at first, or were you out of there even before college? I actually uh, didn't go to college, but... Um, or, sorry, before you were 18, I guess, meant yeah, to say. Yeah, so um, I graduated from high school. I think I waited, like, two years, and then I moved to New York. Got it. I went on the not going to college. Kudos. Hey, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no undergrad... Sir, I, I went, and it's like, oh, what was that about? <laughs> undergrad is an imperative. I think what, what I was trying to get at was more just what was the uh, in-between being out of high school and being, you know, in a new environment, paying as close attention to your art until you realize that you need to change the scenery, right? And you yeah. you had to do New York. Uh, yeah, it was about like the furthest away without being <laughs> out of the United States. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> that I wanted to be from California. And your parents are from California as well. Uh, yeah, actually, I think my dad is... He grew up a little bit in New York, and then his parents moved him to California. But my mom is from California. Do you know where in New York he's from? Queens. I think uh, Whitestone, actually. Wow. wow. Right yeah. where my dad's from. That explains a lot. <laughs> well, what I'm really curious about is what happened when you said you were going to move to New York. What did your dad think about that? I think that both of my parents hate that I wanted to move here, but they're super supportive of everything that I've done thus far and they're totally supportive of me following my dreams and all that shit. your sister lives here too so they yeah. just didn't want more of their children moving away yeah they're pretty upset <laughs> fair enough fair having enough. older siblings uh, this is a common trope that's come up on lost around over the years uh but you know having an older sibling having a lot of that music that they listen to impressed upon you and there must have been some really, especially with your dad, air guitaring Guns N' Roses, some really rich sounds coming from the household that inspired you as a songwriter. You want to talk a little bit about any of that that springs to mind? Uh, sure. Everyone in my house kind of had a different taste in music while I was growing up. Uh, my sister was listening to like Eminem and Britney Spears and all this other crazy stuff. I think my mom actually took away the Eminem CD. Goodness. I wonder why. <laughs> I don't know. No no idea. But um, my mom listened to like Nora Jones and uh, Sarah McLaughlin. And then my dad is like all over the spectrum with classic rock, Creedence Clearwater Revival, Guns N' Roses, you know, Eric Clapton, Bob Seger, stuff like that. You're taking away the Eminem album. That reminds me of like when I wasn't allowed to watch South Park. <laughs> Same way. My mom was like, she saw it once. She's like, oh my God, what is this? <laughs> I, I, I was like, oh boy. I want to take it back a little bit because you were uh, just listing off just a few examples from one of your sisters and your mother. You know, it seems like you encapsulated pretty efficiently what kind of feel they were going for. Um, one was more, uh, you know, of the pop canon. One was more of the adult contemporary canon. Where, as you were saying, your dad was more over the map. But then you go ahead and you just listed like eight different artists. So that really must have been super impressed upon you because there were just all these artists that, as a young lady growing up in California, you are listening to all this rich music. CD or uh, vinyl? 
Yeah, CD. We had like this huge CD player that held like 200 CDs yes. and like, these giant speakers. And I remember like super vividly when my dad was playing the air guitar on the coffee table, he had these two really big speakers that just like vibrate the entire house. Yeah. And my mom would get so angry, but. Some of my favorite memories are like lying on the floor and just like feeling the vibrations of the music. And we had this huge sliding glass door going into our backyard. The sun would just come in like pouring into our house and like the vibrations on the floor. And it's just like some of my favorite memories growing up. It reminds me of when listening to music as a kid, having such an awesome stereo system. And, you know, when you would be the only one in the house and you could actually get away with putting the stereo volume up to like the absolute max and just like listening to Either your favorite album or like your or some record that your parents have and just like dance and go crazy. Often when cleaning too. You mentioned that before. Mm-hmm. I was thinking that was the Cathartic. time that was the time that my dad would crank the music when he's cleaning and it was fun. And I associate the chemical smell with that fun too, because the house would be all leached up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I liked it. And the windows would be open and stuff to get that smell out. <laughs> but like you had all this air flowing through and the music was blasting. Yeah, those, those are good, those are good times. That's you had a good you had a good music upbringing. Would you say that you inspired friends of yours in school with the music taste that you had, or were you inspired by what other people were listening to, just like you were with your fathers? To be honest, I was kind of super introverted all throughout school. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a few very close friends, but I was super influenced by my friends in middle school. All listened to a bunch of emo music. And I still kind of listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> what e- emo music? What I I know that that's a pretty broad spectrum, but you like uh, Panic at the Disco sure. and like Hawthorne Heights. <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, I used to wear in middle school. I uh, or what would have been? I guess it was like high school for me. Then was it? I don't know. It was maybe something like that. Now I'm turning into Alon. Was it this year? Was it that year? Was it this year? Did you always do that? But uh, I used to wear a Thursday hoodie. 11 of us. Yeah. And my Thursday hoodie, yeah, exactly. And my I, Thursday hoodie had a guy committing suicide off of a, off of a roof. That's terrible. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I still listen. I was listening to Taking Back Sunday like on my way here. Sure. Like, <laughs> because it, it's a part of you. Like, yeah. You, you're never going to leave. It's never going to leave. Nostalgia is like the main thing about music for me. It's, takes you back to a certain place in your life and then you i want to take it back actually one second to what jimmy just said i don't think we really could call them guilty pleasures anymore because what's to feel guilty about they're pleasures right um i feel guilty about almost everything i do in life (laughs) (laughs) what about you rowan do you feel guilty about any of your tastes i mean i wouldn't necessarily uh like openly admit like what kind of music do you listen to like on a regular tuesday afternoon i would not normally be like yeah taking back sunday but if we're being honest about like my music taste yeah like yeah i listen to so much stuff and that is definitely on my frequently listened to playlist when you started playing music could those influences be heard in your sets um other than the fact that like all of my songs are extremely sad probably not okay (laughs) you know what i just thought about though in that same way and i do feel guilty listening to it i put it on my show the other day and then someone was just (laughs) i was listening to jaw rule this isn't like a lot of Ja Rule. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then I put on like this, all these Ja Rule songs. This guy goes, dude, I, I never listened to more than one Ja Rule song in a row. <laughs> <laughs> He's having a birthday coming up soon, actually. You know what is he going to be, 50? 
Um, I don't know. He's born on a leap year, so I think he's like twelve. No, he's like six or seven, right? I can't. I can't do math. <laughs> he's yeah. He's it's somewhere in there. Something. He's middle school age. So okay, that's interesting that you allowed your taste to not manifest too much in your actual music that you decided to make. We for this edition of Lost and Rewound have clips that we will be playing throughout the show that uh, highlight your evolution as a singer. Um, some songs that you did actually write uh, and some that you did not. And I think it'll be fun to listen to just as well the songs that you were covering uh, just as much as the ones that were original. I guess maybe because I'm teasing it, we might as well get started with one. And it's actually a track that you just told me about right before we started to record. Could you tell us a little bit about Drunkard? Okay, so Drunkard is the first song that I ever completed lyrically start to finish i recorded a very rough version of it and then this version my friends from this band called the iron heart helped me kind of produce it a little bit so it's kind of like the first real project that i ever started and kind of finished so at the time of course i was like really proud of it and now like i look back at it and the lyrics are just so awful and everything about it really it's got 290 listens on SoundCloud for the record. So 290 listens can't be wrong if clearly you uh, didn't want to put it on. You wouldn't have put it on. I mean, yeah. And I also entitled this SoundCloud thing, My Greatest Hits. <laughs> really says a whole lot about everything on there. <laughs> well, let's take a listen to this uh, just to give y'all a little bit of a, of a listen here to what Rowan is into. Not Allison Rowan as it's written here on the song. Rowan, okay. Omit the Allison. You came here looking for a good time. Don't you know that I know how to play? Don't come here and say all these things I know better than that. I know better than that.
what's the problem I'm hissing here? Because that was gorgeous. Um, yeah, gorgeous, gorgeous. Yeah, I don't know. I just think that the lyrics are so bad and like that voice that I'm doing. I don't, I don't really okay. let's, don't get uh, it. One, one thing at a time here. Let's, let's work our way back. The voice... Um, as we were listening to it, you were saying that that's not the way you sing anymore. We'll definitely be excited to hear that evolution. Uh, what would you relate that singing style to and why is it a sticking point for you? When I was at that point in my life recording music, I was very afraid of hitting different notes and like trying to push myself to do anything different. So I kind of just sing in the same key the whole time because that's where I was comfortable. So it's just kind of sickening to me <laughs> to hear myself at that point because of like the no confidence thing i can just like hear it and sense it in myself and oh, yeah. during the recording session yeah i mean it's the same way just the other day she recorded one of my comedy sets and she was like oh this is a really good set like i want to show you and i'm, I'm watching it and i'm just like I'm like in pain. I'm like, oh, why did I do that? And, that? and this is me like modern day. So it's just one of those things you're always going to be much harder on yourself. Yeah. So we'll hear it. We won't have the same critical ear and know exactly like, you know, how it affected that you it, at the time. I will admit I'm not really a, a, a good receiver of lyrics too much of the time, um, at least on first listen. So this song is called Drunkard, and uh, being that you mentioned it's not really your proudest moment lyrically, what precisely about that uh, in the nature of the song's content? I probably like overthought the lyrics a lot because it was my first song. I was like just trying to really write a song start to finish, and the whole, like, don't get drunk and tell me that you love me, it's just like so... I feel played off, kind of. I don't know. I could have just gotten rid of the whole, what am I going to write? What am I going to write? Like, I need to finish this song and, like, just actually wrote what I felt and probably written a better song. But I guess for, like, my first ever song, it's not completely miserable. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but and, it's uh, definitely many, not not great. How many years ago was this again? That was probably the beginning of my senior year in high school, like 2012. Yeah. That's when I wrote my first song. I only really did covers before then. Were you still introverted back then? Yeah. <laughs> I had like the Are same you still introverted thing. right now? Uh, <laughs> well, okay, listen. I mean, when you're a senior in high school, it's like that time where either like you have broken out a little bit after, you know, starting high school or you uh, have remained, you know, true to who you always have been, and people have to really, you know, seek you out and be like, "Come on out, you know, break free." And you're just like, "Fuck that! <laughs> I'm gonna do what I want." Yeah, I mean, I guess by senior year, I was kind of branching out and starting to make more friends, like outside of band and outside of my like ex-boyfriend at the time, who I still hung out with almost every day because mm -hmm. I was too afraid to talk to anyone else. So, yeah, I, I was starting to, like, get more friends and be more social and stuff around then, I would say. Yeah. Only took a full 12 school years <laughs> to get there, but... If you looked at a photo of yourself, would you be like, who is that person? Oh, I mean, not really. I look pretty similar, minus a bunch of baby weight. <laughs> so the music is something that when you hear it, it's like... Who was that person? When you see that person, it's like it's more familiar. But hearing the way that you sounded back then as a musician is not as easy. Yeah. 
yeah, it's not. <laughs> Talk a little bit about your orientation into your social setting with being a musician. At the time when you're in high school, you may be sort of to yourself, but your peers know who you are. They know what you're about. They know that you play music, or was that really more of like you were a bedroom producer? You kept yourself really... No. I like to tell people that I was like a closet musician for most of my sure. life, and then like moving to New York City was kind of my... Breakout. Breakout. Yeah. I mean, people knew that I was like in band, and they knew that I like kind of played the guitar and sang. Kind of played the guitar and sang? Yeah. Really? But, but like it, that? Was, it was not like something that I did for people or like let people know about she would come home she would turn on the candles and stuff (laughs) (laughs) just jam and like like a cultish jam (laughs) tell tell us about uh turned my life around oh god so uh turned my life around is a uh song i did with this kind of r&b slash rap group when i was a freshman in high school it was a uh project for a english class it was like a poetry project that we just turned into a song really just to get an a but uh <laughs> right <laughs> been there doesn't that sort of go against what you were saying before that they didn't really know how musically inclined you were or was yeah so i mean we did that and i sang a verse on it and put a bunch of auto-tune on my voice <laughs> okay um so it's not like People were like, oh, yeah, I guess anyone can really do that. (laughs) (laughs) Anthony Kiedis or the Chili Peppers could do that. Anybody can. It's absolutely true. Um, Anything else we need to know about this? Because I'm ecstatic to hear it. Um, Just that it's completely awful. Oh, delicious. (laughs) (laughs) We are doing our... our, Laughable. We're (laughs) We're licking our proverbial chops. Let's hear it.
I think about you in the night and every single day. I want to tell you how I feel, but don't know what to say. Being with you makes me feel the best I can. Alongside you, I will always stand. You completely turned my life around. I was feeling so lost, but now I'm found. Getting anything on the road right now? She almost broke down uh, into right. a ball. Okay, I'll, I'll, <laughs> Jim. I'm going to start with you. Thoughts? Thoughts? Um, I'm glad that Auto Tune didn't really exist when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Um, if I may interject, uh, I thought it was a very, very efficient use of Auto Tune. More importantly, could it be established exactly what class this was for? It was an English class. Oh yeah. Right, I think you said um, that. You said that, but I'm so confused as to what context you would be doing this for an English class. What um, am I missing here? I had this uh, You're doing English a, teacher okay. for like three years. He's yeah. super into poetry, so he had us do a lot of like poetry esque projects. Okay, um, put me, put me, in, put me in, in, so in the. So there was this teacher. He did a lot of drugs. Right, and <laughs> he did have a belly button ring. Get out of here. <laughs> But actually, you know what? This teacher is definitely the reason I'm in New York City. Because really, okay, so his, his name is Mr. Ring. Freenor. Did it see into the um, future, Mr. Freenor? I, I was yes. leaving his class for the last time. I had him for three years. I was like, oh, I'm going to go to college to be a physical therapist, and he was like, Allison, what the hell? <laughs> Like, no, you're not. You're a musician. Go to New York City. Go to Juilliard. You love doing music. You play like 12 instruments. You always talk about music. You love music. Go do what you love to do. That's like when it really kind of hit me. I was, you know, like, you're right. Like, I don't want to be a physical therapist. That's just what's going to make me money. But yeah, so I'm like forever grateful to him for that. And I want to reach out to him, but I don't think he works for the school anymore. But yeah, Mr. Freenor, if you're out there, yeah, well, you know, it makes there's sense. a special message for Radio Free Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, he lived, he lived his life the way he, he wanted, belly button ring and all. So that's yeah. it. He was living life to the belly button ring fullest. He was and, definitely uh, an interesting teacher. How old was he compared to his students? I think he was in his forties. He was in his forties, and he had a belly button ring, facial hair. Did he have a ponytail? 
No, he did not have a ponytail. Did he have glasses that clipped to his nose with no legs? <laughs> he did have glasses. He was pretty normal looking, I think. But uh, and at one point, he like just went to get something off a shelf, and you were just like, <gasps> "No!" <laughs> he told us about the belly button ring. He told us about it, and then we didn't believe him. So then he showed us. <laughs> Did you ever have mysterious things like that happen with teachers where you would see something or they like they would something that would be revealed and then you would like change how you felt about them forever? Um, like what, Jimmy? I remember there was this teacher who was like a very like straight laced teacher that we had. Uh-huh. And she like bent over at one point and was wearing a thong and everyone after that was like, Oh my god, who is this chick? I mean <laughs> like, one of my college professors, incidentally an English professor, I never passed her class, but uh she was a huge guided by voices fan, which I thought was pretty rad. I have to reiterate that I'm in entirely too impressed about the fact that this was a track that you did for an English class. I can only imagine the other assignments that were taken into consideration from this class. But that said, for this particular assignment, other people in your class were making songs. No, we were the only, we wanted to stand out. You wanted to stand out and get like an awesome Yeah, I was, I was not doing too good in that class at the time. So yeah. I was trying to really impress Francis Freenor with my, uh, songwriting skills and he just was like what whose idea was it to use autotune mine because i was listening back to the track and i was like wow my voice it's horrible and then you know we put some autotune on there i was like yeah that sounds so cool and then that's that's how that happens <laughs> well you know if i think i think that autotune will be perfect if robots do take over the world let's be like oh my god <laughs> your voice sounds robotic but it's actually really guess. fun to play with autotune oh yeah for sure I, I would fun. i would love to like an autotune machine so I can just talk like this all the time. I mean, again, I think doing the rest of the show like this. A vocoder is just way better. Just sound like a robot. Find me a vocoder. I'll use a recorder. A few nights ago, Mike. Shawty. <laughs> I got brought, brought a vocoder and it was uh, That's rum, awesome. calling them out. Rum, rum chug. Oh, hell yeah. And, I think I've uh, seen him perform before at one of your shows. Yeah, and he, uh, well, he, he just got the vocoder and it's amazing that's cool he it added a whole robotic you know robots taking over the world element to his music yeah i feel every single musician is missing and rumchug also kills about killing fascists so this is just next level i think yeah this is true he's very anti-fascist his drum machine kills fascists when we come back Fascists not allowed. We'll keep it going with our special guest for this week, Rowan, with more lovely sounds from the past. This is Lost and Rewound. Radio Free Brooklyn. Oh, somewhere over the rainbow, skies are blue, and that you dare to dream really do come true We are joined this week by musician, singer, songwriter, dope Rad lady, Rowan. <laughs> Rowan. Uh, you have here in front of me 
a few covers that you've provided to our show this week. They were done in high school. This is a cover of a Fleetwood Mac song. How big were you into Fleetwood Mac when you were younger? I really liked Fleetwood Mac when I was younger, but I really only covered this song because my sister was like, oh, you should uh, send me a cover of this Fleetwood Mac song because that's what I, I did. I uh, My family would recommend covers for me to do and I would do them. They would be like, oh, my God. And that, that was it. Special, spe- <laughs> yeah, it was a special request. Dance, yeah. monkey, dance. Do yeah, this song. I was going to say, they kept me in the basement, chained to the wall, and I'd play Fleetwood Mac for them. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> All right well, let, let's take a, a listen to this very classic number, uh, Rowan style.
was a landslide, but Roman, uh, circa a long time ago. Circa different voice. Very different voice. <laughs> Tapping into your best Stevie Nicks, really. <laughs> I mean, that's sincerely. Is that not sincere enough? Is Am I not sincere enough? It's just, I'm sure I could do a much better Stevie Nicks now. Yeah. But, um. It's just great. Again, I, those of you out there listening can't see, you know, our guests' faces when we play their old stuff. Yes. But again, it's a radio show. So, uh, therefore, we it's won't like, see it. It's like audio torture for these people. <laughs> it is torture. <laughs> okay. So bring us back to your freshman year of high school when this song was recorded. It was requested of you by your older sister. It was presented to your older sister. How was it received? Of course, she loved it. But I mean, I also don't think it's horrible. It's just like not what I sound like. No, I, I wasn't. Right now. It wasn't a sense of quality. But I think over the years when something like that collects proverbial dust and then yeah. you come back to it, you can't recognize who that person is that's singing it and... One of the tropes that I think we're discovering on this episode is how many different iterations your voice has had. Yeah, that's very true. When, when you, you know, you're that old and you know you're singing something that sophisticated, more or less, for a, a high schooler, uh, I think there's something to be said that it's impressive to anybody who's listening to that at the time. I kind of had to pry most of these recordings from my sister and even she this morning when she was like going over the recordings was like wow you sound so different now like i'm so excited to hear this show just because you know you've gone through so much and like you've really improved a lot and it's just like in such a short period of time which i guess is true because i'm 22 years old going to be 23 in march and high school realistically wasn't that long ago for me so to hear this and to hear myself now, like anyone would be, I mean, even Jimmy who knows me and is at most of my shows, like knows what I sound like now. And I'm sure this is crazy for you as well. <laughs> Absolutely. It's one of those things where I'm always very impressed when I see you, but especially seeing the progression, it's, it's a bigger deal. I mean, again, and this is me speaking from like an outward, and I, I've always thought about this, like not as a musician, but just as like a performance artist is like the more experience that you have and the more life that you live, the easier it becomes. Not necessarily easier, but the, the truer that your art becomes and the more connected you become to it. So I think that even though you are young and even though you haven't had as many experiences as someone else, you've compacted a lot of your life, you know, into the short amount of time and grown a lot and... New York City can do that to you. I think it really accelerates stuff when you, people are here. Like it, it pushes you to be really searching for more than other places where you you can kind of be complacent. Like no one's ever complacent in New York, you know. Right, and also you haven't been here long enough yet to truly be jaded like a lot of other musicians and songwriters are. At the age that you are, I think there's a lot to say that uh, your best years are as a musician are yet to come. There are musicians who are, you know, in their forties who have been doing this forever and uh, remain positive even so much. But uh, at an age where you are realistically, you know, just out of school in most cases for most people your age, they're out there, they're putting their best foot forward. So all you can do is just that and just remain as positive as possible. But then again, I'm kind of the sunny side up kind of person. So I also come from a standpoint where as a performer, 
I don't know how to play an instrument, so I'm just in awe of anybody who does and can. So the progression, hearing how a voice can improve over time, all you can do is become better by just being around those who inspire you. So if you're going to these open mics, as it sounds like you're doing quite often, then there's only one way to go, and that's to get better just by simply getting out there and getting that reception. Kind of went off a little bit for there. No, we just, this was like us, like we we were handing out life lessons in that moment. (laughs) It was a teachable moment. Oh my God. (laughs) I wanted to play this other track too, uh, another cover that you did of a song, and it was uh, House of the Rising Sun. Yes, the song that haunts me for my life. <laughs> Why does this song haunt you? Pearl Harbor. Um, <laughs> have you ever been to New Orleans? I have not, but I think that might be the next place on my map. Uh-huh. But um, the thing is, is that my dad is obsessed with my cover of this song. And every time I would write a new song, I'd be like, hey, dad, check out this song I wrote. And he'd be like, okay, yeah, sure, let's hear it. And he, I would play it for him, and he'd be like, oh, that was cool. Do you know House of the Rising Sun? <laughs> <laughs> I will never not cover this song for my entire life, probably. And uh, is, it his, like, is it his favorite song? or just Yeah, I actually <laughs> recorded this song and Somewhere Over the Rainbow for his birthday. Oh, okay. And I gave it to him as a oh, gift on a CD. Beautiful. Sweet and cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't cost me anything. <laughs> exactly.
I dig it. <laughs> Before we move on, I wanted to re- recall, I had asked you uh, if you had ever visited New Orleans, and uh, you had said that that's your next place to visit. I heard from a, a little source just now that... Uh, a little bird whispered in my ear. Uh, your sister lives down in New Orleans, is that correct? No, no, no. She no. lived she in lived New there. Orleans. Uh, my sister Jacqueline was there going to Tulane University. She's the one who lives here in New York with me. Mm-hmm. Um, she was a cheerleader for the New Orleans Saints, actually. <sighs> wow. Yeah, the year they were in the Super Bowl. Wow. Yeah. She's done some pretty cool stuff. She got that ring, yo. She actually got a necklace. <laughs> wow. Um, That's just a girl. Makes and sense. she, like, never wears jewelry. So it's, like, totally useless to her anyways. <laughs> right. I don't understand how, like, some women, they're like, oh, you know, I'm, like, not an earring person. And then some people are like, oh, I, you know, I'm, I, I have, like, a thousand necklaces, you know. I wear a lot of jewelry, but it's all under the clothes. Oh, yeah? Yeah, you know. <laughs> I've I, never seen you wear jewelry. I really have a hard time believing that. It's under that. the clothes. And I wouldn't know because... It's not for public I, prying eyes. No, I... Is I, your uh, belly button? <laughs> 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 well, now that you mention it. Oh, God, visuals. <laughs> not only is my belly button pierced. Oh, God. <laughs> Yo. Let's, okay, so anyway. <laughs> let's let's uh, actually take this opportunity for you to play some music here in the studio. Because okay. you brought your beautiful, beautiful uh, electric guitar with you. How long ago did you get it? Actually, my uh, sister got that guitar in hopes that she would learn how to play it and then just like never picked it up again. <laughs> and so it became yours. It was a yeah. hand-me-down. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, But yeah, it's pretty new. I just got it about six months ago, so... Very tight, cool. tight, tight. What's the name of the song that you're going to be playing? It's called Second Hand. Is there anywhere that people could find that song? This this song? Or is um, this uh, something you're currently still putting out there in the world? Not yet available. It's pretty new. There is a live version of it on Bandcamp that Pim from the Set NYC recorded for me. Great. So it's up there, but it's not like a professional recording by any means. Is there any context to how you came about to write the song? It's just uh, another song about a boy that broke my heart. <laughs> God damn it, boy. <laughs> Terrible. All right. Uh, Rowan on Lost and Rewound, Radio Free Brooklyn. I found you in the snow. Wish you were here before I go I'm trying my best to move on To leave my former self behind I might still be Don't go taking my love Without giving me something back I'm not following 
Just trying to chase my wildest dreams. You probably just don't understand. That this always feeling second hand And I'm not ready to give up On my dreams so don't go wasting my time It's not easy to pick yourself up off the ground There's no way of knowing if you never come around And I can't dream if you're always looking down This is the part where I turn around You probably just don't understand That this always feeling second hand And I'm not ready to give up On my dreams so don't go wasting my that was gorgeous. Gorgeous, gorgeous. A lovely number that you could absolutely see her do all over the city. The next chance that you, the listener, will have to see Rowan live in person. I say that very diabolically. I think it's uh, tonight at yeah. Lovecraft. Fair enough. Be there. I'll be there as well. Otherwise, uh, where else could people find your stuff? All over the web? No? I do have a song on iTunes and Spotify now. It's a cover of Such Great Heights by the Postal Service. Mm-hmm. But that's really it. I do have some videos on YouTube, but those are under my dead name, Allison Rowan. <laughs> Your dead name. <laughs> That's the name of like the next corpse on Twin Peaks. <laughs> Beautiful. I do have a pretty poppin' IG. <laughs> oh shit. Where can people find you on the IG then? Um that's at XO.rowan. XO.rowan. I can't believe I just called it the IG. I'm I'm following in lockstep with the all egg. y'all. So I'm egg. an egg. egg, it, egg <laughs> Yo, you got an egg bag. You got an egg. You always watch your egg. Awesome. I got an egg. Rowan here on Lost and Rewound. Thanks so much again for being here. 
Don't forget, uh, we are on iTunes as well, SoundCloud as well, and our main site to listen to all the Radio Free Brooklyn material, lostandrewound.podomatic.com. Thank you so much for listening to us. This has been episode 110 of Lost and Rewound. I'm Alon. I'm Jimmy. Thanks for getting embarrassed with us. Hear us again next week. Radio Free Brooklyn. get to have my pre-show ritual Uh-oh. of making fun of Allison, not you. <laughs> <laughs>